This week on Squats and Margaritas, it's fitness trainer Jackie Warner. You know her from Workout on Bravo, or at least I do. I watched it religiously. It was a reality show where she was training celebrity clients, and she's put out books that were number one New York Times bestsellers. Uh, This is Why You're Fat is one of them. You've probably seen it. And then Jackie kind of went away for a while, and I wanted to follow up and see what the hell happened. It is a story that you don't want to miss. She talks about relationships, dating Jillian Michaels. I didn't even know they dated. And how coming out of the closet can be a career death sentence for a woman. And this week, I'm drinking the Buena Salud Margarita from Tenteo. It means good health, so why not? It's their Tenteo Spicy Habanero Tequila mixed with green juice, celery, spinach, kale, cucumbers, fresh lime, and agave nectar. If you haven't tried my favorite tequila, Tanteo, go to TanteoTequila.com and use Squats 10 for 10% off your order. Here's my episode with Jackie Warner. I want to start more just like growing up. I feel like our personalities are very similar. We deal with things a lot of the same way. Both grew up in Ohio. Where? Um, Columbus, but I played soccer at Dayton. At UD. Probably. You, oh, wait. You're not even close to my age. So I mean. But um, we... Actually, women's soccer became available in my school. It was I played as a freshman the first year that all women's soccer started in the tri-state area. That was like 1980-whatever that was. I graduated in 86, and I was 17, so, you know, four years previous. Wow. That was the start of... Um, like soccer in high schools. It was amazing. So I got to play all four years. Amazing. So we also have that in common. (laughs) Um, I, just to give you a little bit of background on me, I played soccer my whole life and I ended up getting a division one scholarship to Dayton in high school. I started as a freshman, never came off the field. We were back to back state champions. Soccer was everything. We now know all research proves that every child should probably be in some sort of group sport because you learn so much about how to be um, a good person in the adult world, how to be a hard worker and women in particular need to not be so afraid of pain, Yeah, you know, and that's what it got through soccer. I remember doing two days during the summer for two solid months where you're up at the crack of dawn training for four hours. You go home for a nap, you come back late afternoon in the sunshine training for four more hours. Mm -hmm. And we loved it. Yeah. We were conditioned for it. So uh, that's what, why it was so easy for me to go from being an athlete in high school to then when I discovered weightlifting at 21, it was such an easy transition because most women who start weightlifting in particular, they want to stop when the burn happens. And I've, I know, learn to chase the burden. You want that. That is the goal. And and go through that barrier of pain and reach the other end and then tell me how you feel about yourself. Because there's a whole change in terms of confidence. And and what happened? You just didn't follow me enough, girl. Because <laughs> I when I took the show workout, um, I had a publicist. Okay. And she was fantastic. And um, then I did the show Intervention on Bravo, which lasted a uh, uh, a just a, a season, and then I loved TV. But my publicist had me on the covers of magazines, on the inserts of magazines. I said, "Don't say no to anything," yeah, because I wanted to. Because I didn't want to be having people think of me as a reality star, which I think is the grossest thing on earth. <laughs> it seemed like you didn't have the best uh, time at Bravo. <laughs> I had a terrible, hideous, soul crushing. PTSD time being a reality star. Why? Because it was an awful experience. Because they lie and what they try to do is they splice the editing together. I know every person whines about editing and the reason they're whining about editing is it's the truth. You go in with great intentions. You do the best work your life. You try to be positive and they don't want that at Bravo. They want um, a character or the lead character to have a serious character flaws wow. and have something that you love to hate about them because that makes better Shakespearean drama. Right. What if I was like a center ditch I said no to all that and nobody wanted to watch it because I wasn't drinking with my trainers. 
I wasn't sloppy. I didn't do things that, you know, people perceived as a mistake. I just said, all I want to do is teach people. Yeah. And all I want to do is psychological get behind what causes people to gain enormous weight. Yeah. There's always, always, always a psychological hurt to uh, psychological hurt that people are dealing with in order to become obese or morbidly obese. And remember, obesity is only 60 pounds overweight. Wow, yeah. So think, look around you, maybe not in California, but here, look around you. The majority of the public now in America is considered obese. Right. Okay, it is an epidemic, not okay, and I know I'll get a lot of hate for that, but think about Food addiction and sugar in particular is just as addictive as free-based heroin. It releases the same chemicals in your brain. It is highly addictive. If you don't believe me, start with one uh, Twizzler a day at work. Eat one. The next day, you're going to want two. The next day, you crave three. The next day, the whole pack. Yeah. That's how sugar works, just like every other addictive substance, because it releases tons of dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine instantly which yeah. gives you that high but depression you deplete your system your brain and then the chemicals are depleted yeah so you come down and get low not only that but it's so unhealthy for your body and it's, that's when you start packing on the weight so i was way more um, in the public eye right after the intervention until about six years ago right like your books came out during that time like this is why you're fat all, yeah all my books new york times bestseller yeah number, number one DVDs, five of those i was working the most after workout yeah but um, then and, and i did the trick by becoming somebody that people respected i didn't yeah. know to anybody so if some person you know that had a following of five contacted my publicist i said why not sure. yeah i love that um yeah it looked like 2017 is where you kind of went away on Instagram a little bit. I never was active on Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I did Instagram like every six months. <laughs> That's like where I live. So I'm like, what's happening with Jackie? I got to go to Instagram. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm from a different generation. Yeah. And my generation really values face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. And it seems rather silly and super braggadocious. Like, I can't stand when a woman tries to pose with Photoshop and all of these things to make her look different than she really looks. Mm-hmm. And she's doing that on Instagram, showing her ass, showing her tits, and, and changing her face, changing her hair with Photoshop. And then she goes, bad bitch, but look how hot I look. I'm done. Yeah. And then you're getting like appreciation for something that's not you. Like people are saying you look great and you know, that's not you. Like, wouldn't that, I, I don't know who would want that kind of fame or celebrity. I know, but like, yeah, no, you're right. But like, and that's, what's so sad is like people that are just starting, like my brand is very new. You see all these people and it's like, God, she has a million followers. And so you feel like you're putting out content and like reality. And I'm talking about all the things I dealt with and I'm not getting that following, but the person that is doing the things that you just described has a million followers and will be like, happy Monday. And it's a picture of her in a bikini. And it just makes you want to quit. Cause you're just like, that's what people want. Like not genuine auth- authenticity. Well, yeah, okay. So there's a couple of things that you can do. Yes. I, I mean, sex sells. Yeah. And unfortunately with young, younger people, they have gotten that loud and clear. The only way I can become successful while using my social media is if I post as many beautiful, sexy pictures of myself every day as much as possible. Okay, but have you ever walked up to a stranger and said, I look hot today? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why are we okay? Like, Lizzo and the Kardashians and every young person right now posting a picture in your bikini saying, you know, like, like, you know, all these things about yourself, yeah. about being beautiful. You wouldn't walk up to a stranger and say, okay, look at me. Exactly. How hot am I today? Exactly. So stop doing it to perfect strangers. Or you and I just need to fall in line and accept that's how younger people think. Yeah. And just accept that as a change in society. 
But you're making me think too, it's like when people are negative and bring people down, you would never go up to someone in the grocery store and be like, you're fat or ew, you're too skinny. But on Instagram, you're going to say it and you don't even know that person. You're going to drop those kind of hate comments that you would never tell a person to their face. You know, hate, hate pretty people and naturally attractive people do not hate because yeah. they've had every advantage in life. Yeah. Because this society adores attractive people and really shuns people that don't have the genetic gifts of being physically attractive. And that's something nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. It's an unspoken thing and nobody wants to talk about, but most people that are sending vile, hateful comments to beautiful people that they follow because they're beautiful are typically not beautiful people because beautiful people don't say that shit. Yeah. You lift each other up. Yeah. You're right. You know, and women, instead of talking about fat and not fat, like, Oh, you're fat or you're not fat. Just talk about how do you achieve self-esteem, very strong, beautiful self-esteem and not let yourself be held back. If you are gifted in, you know, with, Beautiful looks. Genetics, yeah. 90% of human beings around the planet are not good looking. Right. I, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you. Let's get back because I know that people are going to misunderstand this. If you are a morbidly obese person and you have developed your personality and you love yourself and all of those good things, I think it's great to post about yourself. The issue is. Don't try to make me, which is what's happening in society right now, don't try to convince me and normal-weighted people that have a healthier uh, diet that something's wrong with me. Yeah, right. Don't try to shame thin or not thin, healthy, mm -hmm. normal-weighted people. And that's what obese people are doing right now. And I hate it, mm. and it's not right. And it's also not taking accountability for your serious addiction that is being that is in a level of suicidal every day. You're committing suicide. Wow. You can't show that. Yeah. And nobody says that because it's like, you can't fat shame, but it's like people are sh health shaming you or thin shaming other people, but that's fine because fat is supposed to be something negative and everything else is supposed to be positive. So if you put someone down for being healthy or skinny, like that's fine, but you can't fat shame. Exactly. And Tracy Anderson, and I know I'm going to get people commenting in a negative way about this because we have a society where people just said, no, big is beautiful. Big is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, the thing is, it's fine to feel beautiful. It's great. I hope everybody finds out themselves. But big is also very unhealthy. Big is dangerous. Big, morbid obesity means that you're going to die due to complications from your weight. Yeah. That is exactly the definition of morbid obesity, morbid death. Now, it's a shame that we're not having more honest conversations about this when morbid obese people are dying at the age of 40 instead of 80, which the rest of us are dying. Wow. So, do you see what I'm saying? And Tracy Anderson simply said when she was pregnant, everybody hated her because she didn't gain hardly any weight. She gained 25 to 30 pounds. And people were shaming her. And she finally said in the press, why do women feel that pregnancy is an excuse to put whatever they want in their mouth and in their bodies during this critical nine months that they're feeding an embryo, right. which you should be putting only healthy things in their mouth. Yeah. And, and she said that, and then she sadly, and I supported that, I supported um, in media, and she sadly got so trashed and lost so many followers that she had to apologize two weeks after. And that is not okay. Yeah. My mom, when she had me, this was the set, this late, or this was 1968, um, had um, only gained 25 pounds. Mm -hmm. Okay? She ate fruit, she ate vegetables, and she ate lean protein sources. Because I asked, with my brother, 11 years later, he only gained 30 pounds. That's a healthy pregnancy, folks. It is. Not 60, 90, 200 pounds. Yeah, it's you're right. not healthy. And then we're talking about why do you think so many kids have psychological problems from birth? 
You know, we have a lot of mental ill kids now in America that we did not used to have in the same proportion. Also, why is there so much autism? Autism didn't happen hardly in the 70s and 80s. Now, you're seeing like one out of five boys on the spectrum. Well, ladies, take better care of your body. What you put in your system makes a difference. If you are feeding yourself non-organic, meaning highly processed chemical mm-hmm. foods and pesticides, you're going to have a problem and your child is not going to be as healthy. Wow. Yeah. And you're not thinking about that. Like it's, it's like a free pass in pregnancy. And then someone was shamed for having a healthy pregnancy. And I just had my son's two. My doctor said 25 to 35 pounds is the healthy range. That's it. I mean, from a doctor. Doctors are still saying the same. They've not changed since the 50s. They say 25 to 30 pounds is healthy. It's people and society have changed and decided, great, I get to eat Twinkies and donuts and whatever my heart desires. And I feel like the people that are shaming, it's like, you're just worried about your figure and your body. That's why you're not gaining weight. And, you know, it's almost like harmful to the baby if you don't gain weight. I've seen a friend of mine, she worked out like CrossFit until she delivered and she got so much hate. Like you're pregnant. Like you need to, you're not caring about your baby. You're just, it's vanity. You're worrying about yourself. And she had done it before pregnancy. She did it through her whole pregnancy. It was her third child. And she lost so many followers. Cause they're like, you're only caring about your health and fitness, but you're saying being healthy is caring about your child. Oh my gosh. This woman did it right. Yes. Something. Do you know how many clients I had when I had my gyms? At Sky Sports Lift, yeah. I had so many pregnant clients that would come to me because I was an ex. Uh, I became an expert, got extra training in prenatal and postnatal and natal training. Mm-hmm. All of my clients worked out three times a week with me until the day they gave birth. And what did they give birth to? Healthy babies yep. that had no long-term negative mental and physical disorders and these women didn't have to go on serious diets their bodies snap right back yep. guess what women they're <laughs> meant to snap back yep your body knows what to do caveman times women worked in the fields and everything cultivating and, and doing everything they needed to do right up till they pop that baby out mm-hmm. so it is in our genetic and our biological makeup to um to work our body up into pregnancy yeah so those people that are hating on healthy people that like to work out with weights and crossfit uh it just they feel failure because they can't do it themselves yes they project yeah they project and they say well okay i can't do this so this woman must be better than me she must know how to set better goals than me Mm -hmm. she's she's hotter than me so I'm going to tear her down, and then I'm going to decide to be the kind of human being that gets triggered. If I have to hear triggered one more <laughs> at the time, I'm going to cut my <laughs> I mean, stop being triggered. Yeah. Just because somebody else has a fantastic body because they work out and put the, the sweat equity into it, look up to them for doing something that you have a difficult time doing. Don't get triggered and stop following them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they say hurt people hurt people. So if they're feeling a type of way, but you said something earlier, if someone's obese, you're not looking at like, okay, we need to get in the gym and we need to be doing this much cardio. You're looking at psychologically, how did they get there? Like you said, there's a cause and you kind of start there that there's some reason why. The reason Bravo, one of the big reasons Bravo hired me is because they followed me around the camera before a workout. And I made a joke with them. I said, watch, I can make uh, a person cry within five minutes. And you go into my office back then, and still now, I train clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm, I've got human nature I fully understand at this point. And I fully understand psychology and biological psychology. And in five minutes, I will get to the root of your pain, that pain that is in childhood, I guarantee and then you have now got, uh, it has been triggered in adulthood or young adulthood, and now you're using food as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Because most people say, okay, I know alcohol is a coping mechanism bad. I know drugs are bad. I know those things are bad. So I'll just use the least offensive, which is food. But they're tricking themselves. 
is just as bad as alcohol in cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. I get to that core issue so I can do the psychology that yeah. the great player does. Yeah. To build you up. You know, I got into training late. I didn't get certified until I was 30. And I was hooked because I saw that people training three months with me not only dropped weight and, and started defining getting muscles and lean and healthy and feeling energy, mm -hmm. they changed the whole trajectory of their life. Yeah. You know, if, if they were in abusive, physical abusive relationships, I have women leave them. Um, I've had women marry. I've had women divorce. I've had women change their career that they needed all within a short period of time, which made it very addictive to me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, who cares about getting a great body? Let's get a great body while changing the entire way you see yourself and carry yourself in public. Yeah, because if you didn't, like you could get them to lose weight, but if that core issue is still there, they're going to put it right back on until they address that. They're going to use some coping. Yeah. And that's how the brain works. The brain can't suffer for very long. It suffers, suffers, suffers. And then as a human being, you will do anything to stop the pain. Anything. Yeah. That's and food. It yeah. seems safe. It seems safer than drugs and alcohol. Yes. I'm not an alcoholic. I just had a couple of donuts. Like It sounds better. Yeah, well, the thing about sugars is so tricky because you crave more and more, just like alcohol. Mm -hmm. And the deal is, it's not a couple of donuts. Yeah, it right. It comes sitting down and self-soothing with a box of donuts, a, a bag of large chips, um, you know, just all the food that you can eat that comforts you in that moment. I've been there. Um, obviously, I binged and it turned into binging and purging because I was bulimic. I wonder what triggered that, like... If I started doing that, it was like, I got to get it out. Like, it was never just, I want to comfort. It was, if I had a piece of cake, I'm going to eat the whole cake and a pint of ice cream because I know I'm going to get it out anyway. The, my brain was triggered that way. And it was almost like the binging was like checking out. Like, I, I had an amazing childhood and I felt like in high school, I had this reputation almost to uphold. I was homecoming queen. I was prom queen. I was captain of the soccer team. And I had to uphold that I couldn't get fat like I had to this image and it was like too much and I went the other way and was just, I get maybe I didn't want attention I, I try to like maybe you can psychoanalyze me like yeah. maybe if I gain a lot of weight and what's another thing people think bulimia you're going to lose weight I was the heaviest I ever was when I was bulimic because you don't lose weight you're puffy and you don't I, I guess I wasn't getting rid of everything that I was putting in but I was the heaviest ever at bulimic when I was bulimic Bulimic people, remember, you're not only purging the food that you've just eaten in a gluttonous manner, you're also purging nutrients that you get from food. Yeah. So if your body physiologically is not getting uh, the, the stuff. right kind of yeah. nutrients, uh, you slow down your metabolism. And the reason that happens is because your hormones, I guarantee, yeah. if you were purging, your hormones were so out of whack. Yes. Let's talk about the golden triangle. Of hormones that you always have to keep stable. That's progesterone, that's testosterone for women, even mm -hmm. we have it, yeah. and that is estrogen. Those three, or that golden triangle, have to be stabilized. And if one is really thrown off, the other two get thrown off. And weight gain, like I wrote in my first book, is largely dependent on hormones wow. and hormone functioning. Okay. So I would say the perfectionists, women and men, cannot have a whole life that they're being perfect and judged. They do eventually have a mental breakdown. Yep. Because it's, because it's false. And human beings have a very difficult time long term to live in a pretend or false world mm -hmm. where their image that they push out to people is way different than the truth. Or even it might be the truth. And I may have been this popular girl, but I didn't feel it. Like my self image was so low. I felt like a fraud. So it, it could have been the truth. And people are like, no, you're great. I didn't feel it. I dealt with such negative self image and body image for so long that I couldn't uphold the image anymore. Right, 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 right. And then I would say also you quitting your sport. Yes. Old turkey. Yes. Uh, was fractured you. Totally. The, comment, the combination of having a, a false front mm -hmm. combination of losing the thing that really comforted you and made you feel athletic and healthy and self-assured. Yeah. Those things were gone. Yes. And it's so, it sounds so dumb, but like 
I couldn't go to the athlete building anymore. Like if I wanted to go work out, I had to go like where the regular kids worked out and it did something to me. Like it sucked. And I felt like less than, and who was I anymore? Like I had nothing else. And that's exactly when everything just depression, the eating disorders, I didn't figure out a balanced, healthy life until I was 38. And after I had two kids, my twenties and thirties, I was a mess and I was just in my head. And I feel like you had a time you come back in, in 2018, you talked about, where you went and what happened. I feel like that will help people oh, to share. Okay, so yeah, what happened then, I can't remember how long it was, I've walked out, but <laughs> here's the deal. I, I've always had a hard time sleeping, but once I moved to Ohio and I don't have the pressure of everything that was laying on me in LA, I uh, sleep like a baby now for the first time in my entire life. But uh, I think it was about five years ago, I made all over the news in TMZ, so this is not going to surprise most people, but um, I took a ambient for sleep that my doctor prescribed for me as a last ditch effort to help me sleep at night. Yeah. I came I came home from a business meeting, I took the ambient, I woke up in the hospital. Oh my god. With no memory of anything. Wow. So from seven no, so from eight o'clock at night until um three o'clock in the morning, I blacked out. So, and there was a cop standing by me in the hospital. I said, what is going on? <laughs> and he said, well, this is what you did last night. Oh, my he God. Said, you drove to 7-Eleven and bought some ice cream with your credit card. Then you got in your car and you backed up when there was a police officer pointing a gun at you and being, yeah, at gunpoint. That's what? And you can look at my face. I wasn't even present. I was just like. Oh my God. And you have no recollection of it. I have not one else. I that, was sleepwalking. That is so scary, Jackie. So by the way, ended my ended my entertainment industry career. Ugh. I never got it back. So because people don't allow that to thrive. So even though it wasn't my fault, even though I was taking a prescription yeah. by my doctor, I um, have paid the ultimate price for that. And so I hired an expensive fantastic like celebrity attorney mm -hmm. and she got all the charges dropped because the DA there was enough uh there for the DA to say I feel sorry for this book yeah like she just took an ambient had a terrible reaction it could have happened to anybody right it happened to anybody oh my and god the charges were dropped but do you think the newspapers wanted right. to say all charges were dropped no so my reputation in the entertainment industry it just was completely tarnished and I have a lot of bitterness. Yeah. And so, and so basically, well, not now because I've, I've been friends with it, but uh, I started eating. I quit going to the gym because it was embarrassing because in LA, I'm super well met. Yeah. And I quit going to the gym altogether and I started ordering food out on like DoorDash every single day to comfort myself. And even though psychologically I knew what I was doing, I couldn't stand the pain of having, you know, my, because I've got a lot of pride. Yeah. Having, having that image so tarnished that I just, for years, ate shit and candy and everything, and I blew up 65 pounds. But was it because you didn't want to be Jackie Warner anymore? Like, you didn't want that, like, you were trying to remove yourself from that image and identity and be someone else? I was just embarrassed to be out publicly. So I ended up becoming a homebody. And when you're sitting inside and you're hiding, yeah, you, it's very easy to start things that are addictive yep. and, that, and that are not good for you. And wow. so I succumbed to the very thing that I've helped thousands of people not do. Right. Now you can relate, I'm sure. And, and so I became obese. Wow. Not obese. Remember, 60 pounds is obese. Yeah. I mean, 65 pounds in one year. Wow. Well, I put that on social media and shared a picture of myself. People were like, oh my gosh. And um, mm. within a year, I had it off. Yeah. So I didn't suffer much because, and by the way, I didn't even down myself. I, I, I laughed. I giggled. You owned it. You were just like, here's the situation. <laughs> I gained some weight. I'm going to go on my program and I'm going to get it back. And they're like, how'd you do it? I ate candy for dinner. I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right. And so I put myself on one of my diets. Mm -hmm. I trained myself in the way that I train others. And I dropped the weight actually in two months over Christmas. I was losing 12 pounds per week. Jesus. And, uh, and so I dropped the weight real quick once 
because I decided that I didn't want to live as an unhealthy person anymore. And um, the thing is, uh, and because I've been healthy and lifted weights my whole life, the, my body said, yeah, let's get rid of this. Yep. And it, it, it did it almost overnight. But it gave me a lot more empathy. Yes. Now I can deal with my clients in a much better way because I've been there. But I always had a sense of humor. And I just wish people, when they're overweight, would have more of a sense of humor. I mean, to my friends, I'm like, I call myself Fatty Jackie. So, it's <laughs> right. so put, away, put away the bread. And, <laughs> right. and I just, and my mom and I, my mom made fun of me totally all the time about it because our whole family's thin. And she was just like, oh my gosh, stop eating. And I mean, it didn't bother me at all because I already had a very strong built-in self-esteem. I okay. adore myself. Okay. And I've adored myself since I was a child. I loved myself. I I didn't have that. And you just mentioning your mom, I saw a comment you had made somewhere about how you didn't want to be in front of your family when you were struggling because it was like beauty above all else in your family. And I had a very similar upbringing. I was, I'm going to guess you're the firstborn. I feel like firstborns, perfectionism, everything. Yes, it's, it's a thing. It has to be because I have three younger sisters and none of them ever were a different weight. They're always the same weight. I would be like 20 pounds heavier. Then I'd be like super skinny. I was always like, they just, nothing affected them as much as things affected me. They didn't have the perfectionism. They didn't do eating disorders, like nothing except me. And I would grew up in the same household, but things affected me more. And I feel like when your personality is susceptible to like criticism or like a dieting culture, like my mom was always on diets. It didn't affect my sisters, but it affected me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my mom was never on diets. We have a very healthy uh, okay. way of looking at our bodies. Um, the thing is I had a very difficult childhood because there was a lot of abuse in my childhood. Wow. But on the flip side, all the women in my family are extremely gorgeous. As are you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yes. They're, they're super beautiful. I mean, I can look at my great aunts on the Warner side. My mom's maiden name is Jackie Warner, so I took her name. But um, I, they're just gorgeous. And, and beauty was more important than, than how you felt about yourself or your personality. Wow. And so my family was consistently, if I changed my hairstyle I would, and they didn't like it, they would, my grandmother would call me constantly crying, please don't wear your hair like that. You're not even pretty. Yep. It's just so ugly. You want to be ugly? Everybody thinks you're so pretty and you've ruined yourself. Oh my God. I got that kind of behavior constantly. And even though my family never put themselves on diets because they were all naturally thin, um, I thought my mom does not have strong mental health. So to me, there was, you know, and she was only 18 when she had me. Wow. But I come from a single parent household. Okay. She also did not know how to build self-esteem. She didn't know how to take care of a little girl and teach them to be mentally strong. Yeah. So I had to do all of that on my own. All of it. That's amazing that you have had this confidence since a kid growing up with that kind of message around you. That's you're so mentally strong. I, I was thinking about that too. When you're just talking about, um, I just, I'm picturing you when you were on Bravo, you were probably intimidating for people to just like, I'm never going to be this fit. Like now, like that you have gone through that. Like, I feel like you're probably much more approachable and people are like, you're like, listen, now that you have that experience, People are probably more apt to want to train with you and not feel intimidated. And maybe that was supposed to happen so that you can speak to the people that you're speaking with now, because now you, before you were training celebrities that were in great shape and just kind of toning up, but now you're like changing lives. And I wonder if you would have the clients that you have now, if you hadn't no. gone through that. No. And that's what you're supposed to do. Every single client. Okay. First let's talk about what I'm doing now. during current. Yeah. Lives. Yes. It's that's amazing. Fine along with poor LA is on lockdown. Now I get this. This was like a gift from God or my inner self doing this. February 1st, I said, I'm really miserable in LA. Not only that, I've lived there for 33 years. Can I ask what brought you to LA since you grew up in Ohio? Yeah. So I was always, all my friends knew that I would never stick around in Ohio. They <laughs> I was way too small. 
fall for me. I'm Same. always setting trends with clothes. I always dress differently. Okay. I always wore my hair. Like I, I started like shading my sides, mm-hmm. but long, long hair, but you know, that and set trends in that way in my conservative high school. And uh, I always stood apart in terms of not wanting to be with any particular group, mm-hmm. not wanting to be with any clique, um, but just, you know, going to the own rhythm of, you know, what I wanted to become as an adult. So I was always going to LA or New York. Mm-hmm. Um, fashion school, I submitted to New, uh, New York fashion school. I submitted to an LA one and the LA one gave me a scholarship. So that's what told me to come to LA. Okay. Got it. And, and LA, I mean, I'm, I'm such an LA girl. And yeah. right. I absolutely love it. But knowing that nobody would hire me anymore in the entertainment industry or even read my scripts anymore, because I've sold scripts before as a writer, wow. they won't have anything to do with me. I can't get a good manager because of my arrest here that happened. So I said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to work in television anymore. So once I accepted that on February 1st, Mm -hmm. I had my entire home packed up and was in Ohio on February 29th. Wow. And I never looked back. And then Corona. That's what I'm thinking, like the timing. Then the whole... (laughs) February 29th, I traveled and then Corona hit Ohio March 6th. I've been on lockdown. In Ohio. I I can't train people at the gyms. Because my goal was to get my publicist out here and say, hey, Jackie's back. Because everybody in Ohio knows me because I'm a hometown girl. Mm-hmm. And I also shot a whole episode in Fairwood, Ohio, which was my hometown. Yeah. So, And I did like a speech in front of my high school that I went to high school and all that. So people know me from Ohio. Mm-hmm. They have a great deal of respect and love for me here. Yeah. And so um, I had the impression that what I was going to do is hire a publicist and start doing really strong sessions at people's homes and still charge, you know, my $200, which I do yeah. uh, still charge. And some of my clients are still on that, but through FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was just going to be in semi-retirement. Then Corona hit, <laughs> and I saw so many people couldn't go to the gym. And I'm like, okay, what can I do? Because I can't go to the gym and people are suffering and I feel so bad for them. So I was talking to my sister-in-law, and she goes, do, do go on your social media and offer $50 FaceTime sessions for 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, I can try and see how that goes. Yeah. $50, I get more than that, I know. you know, when I was 30 years old. I mean, that's just like no trainer's going to, in this day and age, charge 50 And they get you, not just a trainer. <laughs> they get you for 50 Yeah. And so basically I did, and I had like 40 trying to book sessions. Wow. Of course. Every single one of them said, I've I've followed you for years. Your body's always been perfect, but now you're relatable and I'm dying to train with you because you did it and I know I could do it. So I got all those FaceTime. So now I still offer FaceTime and now I work full time on FaceTime. It's amazing. And yeah, I, I have an amazing, well, we get you on point with your diet. We get you on point with your exercising. We train three times a week, and they're all getting amazing results with me. And it's it's financially doable. Yeah, it's fifty dollars a session, and it's made me. I love doing it. So to me, they're my only friends. <laughs> I got to, I yeah, you can't get out the house. <laughs> right. I mean, I think about it. Where do you meet friends? You meet them at bars. Yep. You meet them at the gym. Place. And you meet them at parties, house parties. You meet them dinner parties. I've not been able to do that, so I don't have one friend here yet. None of your people that you grew up with are still in Fairborn? I wouldn't want to hang out with <laughs> in Fairborn. Okay. If you grew up here, you're not my type I, of Hey, I was pretty close. Um, if you grew up here and stayed here... Well, that's what you were saying. Like I, I graduated from Dayton in 2004 and moved to DC a month. Like I graduated in June and I was in the summer, I moved to DC and I've been out here ever since. Like I was not staying, I was in Westerville, Ohio, and I wasn't staying there. Um, we have a ton in common. I wanted to just get through some of the like myths. I feel like there are so many stigmas that women think about, like, for example, lifting heavy women just want to tone and they just want to do cardio and they don't want to bulk up. 
everything changed for me when I started lifting heavy. I lost 20 pounds. And women don't want to hear that. And so anytime I have like a professional that can kind of speak to lifting heavy versus cardio for fat loss. I can't understand why women don't know and get, like, why is it that we still really don't know what carbs are in this day and age? And we still think that lifting heavy is going to bulk you up. Why? Every fitness model you see on Instagram lifts heavy. Yep, exactly. When you go to the gym, the women that have the amazing bodies, they're not on the treadmill. They're in the weight room. That's what I tell people. Look around. I never did cardio and I have, I was ripped. And I was yes. Beautiful, beautiful proportions, beautifully proportioned body my whole life. And I did no cardio whatsoever. That's amazing. I, was, I call it power circuit training. And that is combining exercise, grouping exercise together to work two to three muscle groups a day and having no rest in between your sets. Okay. That's very cardiovascular training. You don't have to begrudgingly get on and do your 30 minutes cardio or your 30 minutes of getting that in. That is a myth. It's ridiculous. It doesn't work. It's the hardest way to lose weight and to shape your body. Wow. Cardio. Wow. And, and here's the deal. Every body, every person has their own unique genetics. So if you're 5'2 and you're lifting heavy, you're going to look like a fitness model which is going to be more muscular and more curvy, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're 5'2", you've got shorter muscles, and you tend to build easier than someone like me at 5'8". And they call that a mesomorph body type. So pick up Oxygen Magazine, very popular women's magazine, and they don't even um, let people do the cover or the insides that aren't curvy and muscular. Nice. Okay, but not... Women training three times a week are not going to get that body. These fitness models train six to seven times a week like I do. And eat a certain diet to get that body, right? They eat a ton of food. Yeah. You eat a ton of food. You eat. You don't eat a chicken breast. You eat the chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> and don't eat, you know, you don't cut out pastas and rice. You eat that because our muscle works on glycogen, which is glucose. Yes. Sugar. Yep. And... So you give it the right kind of sugar, right? The right kind of slow digesting sugars like oatmeal, whole grain bread, things like that. But we need those things right. in our diet. Um, and you're not going to bulk up unless you're taking testosterone. You don't have anywhere close to the testosterone levels than men do. Nowhere close. Yeah. So here's what I used to tell women that just wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> I said, okay, you want to lose weight, right? I said, well, you have two options. You can either fill out your clothes and your skinny jeans with fat, or you can fill it out with muscle. What do you want to do? There you go. Yeah. You've got two choices. You can either be fat, and that butt and your thighs are just fat, Yeah. or you can do the right thing, and that is filling out with more muscle. So you get that nice pop in the booty, Yeah. and you've got a nice defined flat stomach, and you've got thighs that are shapely and the back of your leg isn't fat and cellulite it's gorgeous yeah right okay and that's the choice that you have to tell your women that they have i think for me it was really hard to do that shift um i I wanted to sweat. And so if I went in, I would take a class and it would be like a cardio based class and I would leave sweaty and be like, I just got a great workout in. When I weight trained I was like I feel like I didn't even do anything. I'm not really sweaty and that changed my body. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, it totally changes your body. Now, remember, the re- number one reason why weightlifting or circuit training with weights or body resistance, you can use your own body. Mm-hmm. I train people that we just use their own body, and they're still getting great results because that is the resistance. Yeah. Okay, so when you put on muscle, you are greatly, one pound of muscle speeds up your metabolism by 300 calories. I mean, makes you thermogenic and you lose about a pound per pound of muscle each week. Wow. And so if you are adding, my clients started with me in March and they've all added about seven to nine pounds of muscle. And now that it's like, that's how much they've added. Now remember that's your butt, that's your butt, Mm -hmm. your chest, that's your upper back, that's your arms, that's your legs. Yeah. And then you can eat. 
I can eat what I want now because my muscle is just burned. It's not going to shatter. Yes. I know. I used to drink alcohol. I was a binge drinker, meaning I would work, work, work during the week, 13 hour days, and I would plan very carefully my one night, which was usually a Saturday night, so I could recover on Sunday. And I'd go out with my girlfriends or whoever my partner was at the time, and we would drink excessively. Yep. And uh, but Monday through Friday, my diet was perfect and clean with no alcohol whatsoever. And I was thin and I was fit and I still hit the gym six days a week. Yeah. So that's that was a fun life. I had a lot of fun. And you knew that you could do that and be fine and you knew you had Saturday to look forward to. When people cut something out like alcohol. At some point, you're going to go to a wedding or you're going to, it's going to be somebody's birthday and you're going to have a glass of wine. And the way I used to be before was like, I'm, I had wine, so might as well just drink all weekend because I messed up my diet. But if you just live with balance and you work out hard, you know, you can have a drink. You're never going to just binge because you know, you can have it. You're not going to quit and say, now I'm just going to give myself all weekend to eat bad. I'll start over on Monday. You just balance it. I, ha- I have a cocktail daily, but I know I can have it because I also work out and I'm not going to go crazy like on a vacation or something, because I know I have it all the time and it's just like a part of my lifestyle and I'm not sad and feeling like I'm missing out on things. Okay. So that cocktails clearly to sort of soothe you in some way. Yes. It's something I look forward to. So I am quarantined with a four and a two year old and they're not in school because Virginia's bad too right now with uh, COVID. So at the end of the day, I look forward to a glass of wine, a skinny margarita. That is something that I need and that I know that I can have and I'm not going to, you know, gain weight or go off my diet. Yeah, right. it is. So you're, you're needing that as a coping mechanism. <laughs> and, and that's what, you know, alcohol is, is a short-term coping mechanism. I'm going to blow your mind with something. Please. Maybe it'll turn you into a day drinker. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if I already am? <laughs> okay. okay. I've always had the best researchers because I pay forty to $50,000 to them per book. Wow. My books, no matter what you think about me, but I am in the forefront of new information over everybody, over Jillian Michaels, over Tracy for sure, because Tracy does stupid things. But, um, <laughs> you know, anybody. And why? Because every time I get a book deal, I pay forty to $50,000 to one person who's got uh, in touch with every single study in the world. And the new studies that typically come out of uh, people that um, – do studies on health or the Danish countries mm-hmm. and Japan, believe it or not. Those two places have more cutting edge studies than the rest of the world. Hmm. And um, so she would always have access to that. And um, I knew I wanted to have all the cutting edge data. And something I learned in my second book is, um, is, is drinking at night for women in particular is really bad when you're trying to lose weight. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Uh, and this is talking to an overweight person, okay. not a person that's naturally thin. Uh, because during REM sleep, we are, um, we are, our body is, uh, is making three key hormones for health and weight loss. Um, and that is, uh, that, oh shit. Oh, that's HGH, mm-hmm. human growth hormone, and testosterone and progesterone. Okay. Those, I call them the three fat burning hormones. What is, the one that helps you gain weight, that's estrogen. So you never want to be estrogen dominant. Okay. Don't call this you estrogen dominant. Aha. Guess what? When you're drinking at night, you're not getting REM sleep. You're not getting a good REM sleep cycle. And if you don't hit REM sleep every night, your body blocks fat burning hormones altogether. Wow. That, so that's uh, why I never drink at night. Like a glass of wine will keep me out of REM sleep? I never, I never will. Not for me. That's my personal choice. No, but since I, since I've learned that, so for me, I've become a day drinker. <laughs> right. And, and the, the thing is, you want to cut off all alcohol um, after two p.m. Wow. So alcohol after two p.m. If you're trying to lose weight, yeah. I'm talking to your, to your people and say, I'm trying, I'm dieting, but I'm not losing weight. Don't yeah. drink at night. Nice. Now, Such a good tip. You, for you, yeah. you're only drinking one cocktail, yeah. and you're also working out, yes, and, and you have your weight in check, you know? Okay, so, right, so someone... Uh, yeah, 
someone that's looking and it makes me think of something else. Someone that's just starting out. Do you track macros? Should people track macros? No, I learned a long, long time ago, very close to when I got, remember I studied human nature, Mm -hmm. a a, a fantastic trainer or trainer gets the level I've gotten. They have to really have a full understanding of how the brain works, how emotions work, how brain chemistry works and how, um, how can we trick the brain? Your goal is to trick the brain uh, to work out and trick the brain to start creating fruits, vegetables, and lean proteins, okay? And there's all manner of tips I have in my first book, uh, This Way You're Fat, of tricking the brain. And uh, the thing is, I noticed in my first year of training that clients that came to do their cardio first before training with me and wearing a heart monitor, mm-hmm or uh, any kind of calorie counter uh, while doing their cardio were not succeeding as much as the people that did their cardio in, in intervals where they go super fast for a yep. minute and mm-hmm. then slow down. Super fast for a minute and then four minutes of jog, fast jog. Those people are dropping significantly more weight and, and even just people on a slow jog for 30 minutes rather than people that were watching their heart rate and trying to stay in the target zone. Mm-hmm. The target zone is bullshit. Okay. We now know it was wrong information completely. Wow. And so I'd never do that because the more we overcomplicate our brain when it comes to diet and exercise, the quicker we'll fall off the wagon. Don't please simplify your diet should be so simple. And I'll tell you, I give you a diet in the first 10 minutes of our first session. That's all. It's yeah. 10 minutes for you to write this down. It's super common foods. It's uh, foods that don't make you feel hungry. It's foods that are easily or, uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. And um, it should be real simple. And same with your workout. Simple. Um, you When you talked about tricking the brain, do you do intermittent fasting? I do. I naturally don't like eating breakfast. Okay. So I do unintentionally. Yeah. Uh, Is, I've got, I don't think it helps me. Um, what's the benefit? Is there a fat loss benefit to intermittent fasting? No, no, because there's, okay. So here's the deal. I've always taught, actually Jillian, Jillian's my ex-girlfriend. I was going to, I was like, I don't know if you want to get into that, but I did read that. No, because we were such a, a crucial part of each other's life. How did that not be, how was that not out that you dated, because like for a while? She lied about her sexuality for years. Actually, wow. in one of her books, she said she was straight for years. And well, there you go. <laughs> she thought it was going to hurt her career. And by the way, it does hurt her career. I, and I have people say, you're just, you're gay. And so you're so outwardly gay that we can't align our brand with you. In LA, you were getting that in LA? Yes. What? Oh my gosh. Sears wanted to do a over, they wanted me to, to make health products in every department. And I had this guy who was head of marketing flying out from Chicago, which is where their headquarters was, and flying out and having dinner three times. He was courting me to do a million, multi-million dollar deal. And with my agent present, and then on the third, I said, look, when are we going to get to the numbers and start doing this. I've come to dinner with you. You know, I love you. You're very charming, but this is our third dinner. business. And he said, you know, he goes, I just can't convince the rest of the board members to go with an outwardly gay woman. What time of like, when was this? Because I'm thinking of like when Ellen lost her show, like when, what time? You can't be a gay woman and succeed as much as a straight woman in this culture. And I mean, by a long shot. So I tell people to stay positive. Wow. And or just do the whole bisexual because uh, men love bisexual ones. (laughs) Women feel it's more, and women feel like it's more like them because we're all all on the spectrum, and and a lot of straight women have bisexual tendencies. Yeah. So they see that as acceptable. But if you're just outright saying that, no, I don't want men sexually, I only want women, huge stigma. Even in 2020, like now, you feel it. I feel like it's just, I don't even think that at all. That's, I mean, wow. Okay. You have to be, you have, yes, very people can succeed to the heights. So that's That's by Jillian. That's why she didn't say anything about it. That's why she didn't say anything. And I told her it was the smartest decision. Seeing how people responded to me 
when I came out and the way people responded to her was like night and day. And I said, uh-huh, okay, so let the, let the prejudice begin, you know? And I really wish I had been more sly about it and kind of like not overstated it and yeah. put that label on myself until later in my career. I watched Jill and she went from I'm straight and in her first book, book, she was talking about me constantly in her first book, but she called me John. But it was like everything about uh. John or Jack was about a man, but I read it. It was our personal wow. situation. And, and I, it didn't hurt you because you told her to do that. I think I encouraged her to do it. I said, smart job. Wow. And then years later, after she had quit Biggest Loser in BC, mm-hmm. that's when she came out. And that's when she felt comfortable when she'd already quit the show, which she was on for like 20 seasons. Didn't you get like set her up for that too? Like yes, she- <laughs> I did set up for that. I did a lot for Jill. And I, to get a thing- I was going to say, are you still in touch? Are you kidding? I just started my, my big business, my penthouse gym, and I put all my money into that investment. And I worked so hard on it. And when they wanted me to do it, I said, I can't because this is the first week opening my gym. I can't just leave my medical. I owned a medical clinic too. Wow. Hired all these doctors, hired chiropractors. I couldn't just dump that and go be our biggest loser, which, right. wanted me, which wanted me full time for two and a half months. And so I said, Jill, go. And it launched her. Like that's, everybody knows her from that. And she was a perfect choice for that. Yeah. She was a perfect choice because I could not have done it better than she did it. And and I remember I was in Florida traveling and she called me. This was way after we broke up. We were just friends. And she said, what do I do? They're trying to renegotiate my contract and they're trying to like, you know, okay, nothing. And um, I said, well, number one, the other trainer, Bob Harper, mm-hmm. get with him, make sure he's on the same page, he's loyal to you, and ask for 50 grand per episode. And she did. Wow. They won. They beat it. That's amazing. And she also said, they're painting me in such a negative light. They paint me like evil and mean and cussing, and they paint Bob like an angel. Yeah. I said, oh my God, hallelujah, because you're the devil. He's the angel. <laughs> it makes you way more interesting. I said, don't run away from that. Do it times 10. Yeah, embrace it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Embrace it. And I said, curse. Uh, be mean. Tell your obese clients that, you know, I don't care if you want to do it. Shut the fuck up and do it. And that's not her? Like, that was not how she was. Like, that was almost like an act. No, she was like that when she trained clients. Okay. But she was afraid of doing it on to be herself because she was getting a lot of hate mail at that time it's like why are you so mean wow that is i'm older than her i'm like 11 years older than her so i always in in our relationship i was always you know more on pedestal and teaching her because she was only 21 when i met her wow and um so but we definitely got into when i opened my first gym i hired her as a trainer she became my top trainer in that gym that wow. was when I was 31 years old. That's and then, so crazy. Then Biggest Loser happened, and the rest is history. It made her a superstar in the fitness industry, and she's you know doing fantastically. So crazy. Well, it, it makes sense now why it never came out. If there is someone listening to this, coming into the new year, that is inspired and wants to make a change, what do you tell them? Like, where should they start? Like, what's the first step? First step is texting my business line, talking to me, setting up one session, see if you like it, see if we've got a good vibe together. I only train people that I like and would want to be friends with. <laughs> actually, I have. I've told many people after our first consult, no thank you. I just wow. don't feel like we're a good match, and um, I don't want to move forward, but thank you very much. <laughs> I, I can count like 10 clients I've done that with because I only want clients calling me that are ready to make a life change you know that are that are serious and really want to see every aspect of their life get better or I get bored I can count (laughs) off anybody I can give you a six pack but that's a little boring let's do the let's do the all the other stuff so here's the deal if you really 
want to make a change outside of working with me, then what you need to do is you need to keep it simple and move your body for 20 minutes a day. So if you want to just walk around your same block, do it for 20 minutes. If you want to do a group fitness class, make sure it's at least 20 to 30 minutes. So just move your body, not three times a week, every single day. The body is meant to have intensity, moving with intensity for 20 to 30 minutes every day. If you're not doing it, it's going to be an uphill climb to lose weight. And then start loving the insides of yourself. Start loving that and know that you are what you eat. You are what you eat. It shows on your skin, in your hair. Um, I've had so many people that have autoimmune disorders like eczema, skin disorders, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and we start training together and they all go away. They all go away. I've got people that are on heavy medication for depression and pretty soon we are lowering their medication and we're getting off of it in many cases because now they're getting their workouts to become the release of the dopamine that medication provides. So move your body rigorously 20 minutes and then try to put in tons of vegetables. Even keep your shitty diet. Just add food to it. <laughs> McDonald's, keep your sugar and try this for two weeks. Add tons of vegetables, at least two fruits, whole fruits a day, just those two things and you'll start naturally losing weight. Because what your body's craving is nutrients. Once you give it nutrients, the weight drops. And that's while still eating pancakes for breakfast. What about water? Isn't that a big part of it too? Yeah, I say three liters of water speeds up your metabolism by 33%. Wow. That's huge. Okay. So I also, if you switch from a completely um, inorganic or factory farmed meat and products and you go to organic, you'll drop a pound or two instantly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Writing that down. Yeah, I, I just can't tell you. Your body is dying to work for you. I've said this many times. Our body that we're born with is a beautiful machine. It works exactly like a machine. It is beautiful. It does everything we want it to do and expect it to do if you feed it the right fuel. If you feed it the right fuel, your body will be a machine that just everything is balanced and works for you. You've been on lockdown and People are, are emotionally they're lonely. Uh, alcohol consumption has gone up by 80%, uh, which is sad because we're going to have a lot of people in AA after Corona. Mm-hmm. And people have been eating and gaining 15 to 20 pounds on average during coronavirus. So you can't, you know, take that as an opportunity to say, okay, my body wasn't getting anything that I needed to get during coronavirus. So now I really have an opportunity to turn that around in a quick period of time and and really see what can I do? What challenges can I have for myself? We love to challenge ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not true that overweight people are lazy. Not true at all. Human nature loves to challenge itself. I make little challenges on a daily basis with myself. Okay, so what do I want to do, Jackie? And I know the steps to do it. So let's see if I can get to do it by 10 o'clock tonight, for instance. Awesome. Um, yeah. Also, up. <laughs> Lighten up on yourself. Okay, you don't like how your body feels. Uh, okay, you don't like being overweight. Get a sense of humor about it. And and also know that this isn't a life sentence. Anybody can start a program and in a relatively quick time, like three months, drastically change your body. If you do the smart thing, go to the best people, the best people that get results. Or um, have common sense and walk around your block for 20 minutes. Any darn person can do that. Jackie Warner, so motivating. She's been there. She's been through it. She can empathize with the struggle of losing weight. Text her. You can text her directly to set up a call, see if it's a good fit. Giving it to you now. It's 323-301-3522. Text Jackie directly talk to her about training, about changing your life. It's a new year. It's the best time to do it. And again, if you were drinking the Buena Salud to good health margarita from Tanteo, 
Go to TanteoTequila.com and use Squats 10 to get 10% off your order. It's my favorite tequila and the best tequila for a spicy margarita. Thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't subscribed, please do that. We're on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Squats and Margaritas. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.